it's very odd. It's, it's a bit like lazy, right? It's like, if you want to solve the problem, oh, let's take away the ped pedal. But then this does it and not just does it, right? It does it really, really well. So this $5 solution for me doesn't just become 70%. It's become like 120% compared to the rest of the things which creates a certain reliance. Welcome to another episode of Stuck in Design. Each week, we pose questions to three founders, Don, Jiayu, or Zi, who run award-winning design agency, Stuck. They'll share with us tips and lessons on design, creativity, and business. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, Don. Today, we want to talk about some ways that creatives or anybody can put on a mindset of creativity or in any kind of form. I, I guess we don't want to say, oh, only designers, because creativity tips uh, is, is not restricted to a type of person. So maybe, yeah, I've heard you share about a $5 idea in some of your past talks. So. Could you just share with us how did that come about or yeah, what's the starting point for that? The $5 idea is a type of reminder because in our normal psyche, when we do problem solving or when we do innovation for any kind of situation or even products, there is a tendency to complicate things, to solve it to its fullest extent. And usually when you try to do that, you might find that to access that level of thoroughness or performance with a solution, there is a lot of resources you have to put into it and it usually gets into either really expensive or rather complex. Now, one of the things that we have realized with design is when you sometimes intentionally force yourself to do not 100% of the work, but 75% of the work, sometimes that effect is achievable with 10% of the resources that you would have used to create the 100% solution. So now which is more valuable? Something that costs 100% to solve 100% or maybe even 110% to solve 100% because trying to be very complete usually requires you to use cutting-edge technology, use cutting-edge types of coordination even between systems. But if you change that to say maybe 75% of that effect can be achieved but my cost or my resources used is about 10%, you know, 10% to get 75%, 110% to 100%, which is better. I'm not super sure. I mean, it's not always that the $5 solution is better because there are situations where you cannot afford to have 75%. But we found many times that 75% is sometimes really, really good enough. And because of its low cost on resources, it allows the solution to propagate and have a lot more people enjoy it. You can also implement it faster because it's not so complex. So there is a lot of benefits to see things from the perspective of if you were to solve this, could you do it with $5? One classic example that I like to use is the idea of the balance bike that children now use. When you want to create a bicycle for children to learn to ride the bicycle and you add training wheels or even if you do really complex products that can convert between a two back wheel tricycle format to like a single wheel format. The effect of helping them to feel confident and to be able to ride somewhat without supervision or support is achieved and it's not just achieved in a way that you are trying to train and support the kid but the kid is almost completely independent. You don't have to even stand around. So therefore, from uh, enabling the kid to ride a bicycle standpoint, that solution has its merits. But you are essentially adding things to the bicycle. You are making some interesting transforming mechanism. Enter the bike, balance bike. It's a very interesting phenomenon that's happening now uh, in the past maybe five to ten years where there are just children's bicycles with no pedals. Basically, that's, a, that's what a balance bike is, you know. It's just a children's bicycle where the pedal and the gear system is removed. So it's just got two wheels. Okay. Right? So 
that is from without looking at the effect yet that is like a five dollar solution right if you ask you how do you kind of make a kid ride a bicycle and learn to take away the pedal it's not really a common pathway to think of a solution but what happens with this removal of the pedal is the kid is standing on his own feet he's kicking around like walking on the bike and the moment that he kicks and runs fast enough and he's comfortable enough he lifts up his legs he realizes he's balancing and the, the bike is kind of like just moving you know mm. uh, cruising balance so the interesting thing for me to observe is that my kids, they are on the balance bikes for just like a year and they firstly they pick up very fast. Firstly, you don't need any adult help because they are on their two feet, right? And they walk, they walk and they run. Then they start to realize that, oh, it can balance. They lift up their legs and they do funny things with it. You suddenly realize that like a kid who's a two, three-year-old child has somewhat taught himself to ride a two-wheel bicycle without any type of, uh, let's at least for you to like, you know, be supported on the bicycle for a long, long time. And recently we had a big surprise because we brought my daughter to Decathlon and she wanted to ride the pedal bikes that are big and two wheel only without the training wheels. She got on and without us really helping her, in about half an hour, she was riding around the whole place herself. It's amazing. It's, it's because being accustomed to that two wheel balancing is already done because of that thing. So one wonders like, is this a better solution? It's very odd. It's, it's a bit like lazy, right? It's like, if you want to solve the problem, oh, let's take away the ped pedal. But then this does it and not just does it, right? It does it really, really well. So this $5 solution for me, doesn't just become 70%. It has become like 120% compared to the rest of the things which creates a certain reliance. So we therefore like to use this mindset or rather like a lens to look at problems and when we've kind of dive in to try to solve things seriously, we like to take a step back and say, is there a $5 hack that we have missed and maybe we should test it, right? And that, that is uh, one key example. The interesting thing is that $5 solutions or this approach of thinking is rather counterintuitive and people are not exactly comfortable with it. The funny thing with these bikes is when I go outside with my kids and they're like kind of running around on the bike in public places, we will get elderly neighbours, sometimes not so elderly, who will look at the bike with like a big puzzled look on their face and they will often laugh at it. Right? It's like, why is this bike without pedals? It almost looks stupid, you know. But I mean, for me, that's okay because I see what he has done, right? And I also see how natural that learning process is with this kind of balanced bike yeah, that I, I know this to be a great solution. And the truth, or rather the evidence uh, of this is, just look at the last few years, if you do a search on the internet, how many balanced bikes have emerged on the market? They're firstly super cheap to produce. No, it doesn't even have the gears, just not, no pedals, nothing, no chain, just take away everything. Basically, you can modify any bike into a balanced bike anytime just by removing the, the, the parts that you don't need. And uh, they work so well, so yeah, they're everywhere now. It's not even about like $5 there. I mean, in the example you gave, it's almost like a negative $5 because you, you don't really yes. need the... Yeah, you don't... You don't really, maybe the $5 come from the, the, the cost of hiring the person to, to take out the... the, the, the the equipment, um, but um, yeah, I think what, what you mentioned was uh, the $5 idea is, or, or the mindset is a way in which you can um, look at things in a different way, a more cost-effective way. Well, the $5 mindset essentially pushes you towards clever, efficient workarounds and hacks. Sometimes that $5 is not exactly $5. Sometimes it is just about being slightly lower cost than what would be a full-fledged solution. Kind of like when you purchase like a computer, if you purchase the latest one, it will be at a super price premium. But if you buy the second latest one, the, the drop in price is very significant. 
and one wonders whether that premium that you pay for that maximum solution is really worth it. So $5 type of mindset shifts you into this zone of a better value for the customer, better value for people in general in relation to resources or costs or effort consumed. And $5 as a type of reminder, because it's an extreme number, right? You don't normally solve very big problems with $5. It's just to tell us, hey, is there something else that we've missed that is a clever, lazy workaround or hack that does the job that it's supposed to do 80%, 75%? And sometimes it also reminds us that beyond just reducing, it might be about removing from the old things so that we don't incur a cost to add. And the pedal bike, or rather the balance bike, removal of pedals is the classic example of a problem solved this way. It sounds like uh, when you say a $5 idea, it is in relation to um, something more pricey, right? So it, it kind of alludes to a spectrum, like you, you seem to have to have done the exploration or ideation on what that spectrum is. Like $5 is on one hand on the lowest cost, uh, the clever workaround way, but, but it seems like you also need the other, other side to know that you are in the $5 range. So, so what must be done to kind of, I mean, am I, am I thinking about it correctly? Like, is, is a spectrum a way to, to think, oh, okay, that means I, I really actually need to have, I've done, need to done my exploration in terms of ideation. Then at some point in time during that process, I put on this mindset of a $5 idea and then I see whether I, I cover any blind spots that, that I have. Is, is that how you would use the $5 idea or is it uh, I can go straight into a, a project and say, okay, how can I use a clever workaround? I think it doesn't matter so much how you use it. For us, uh, the natural tendency for almost any innovator that we've seen is that you would already cover the end of the spectrum naturally, where it's kind of like trying to solve the problem completely, thoroughly with all your resources thrown at it. So it's natural already to add or to complicate or to sophisticate to solve a problem. So therefore, the $5 thing doesn't exist so much like a spectrum. It is really a reminder that like, hey, there's a whole world of things on this other side, which we are usually not naturally inclined to do. And it's a reminder for us to go there. So that, that kind of area covers not just like the extreme low effort way, but anything that reminds us to just not just go maximum, you know, and, and that can be a big spectrum. It's helpful that we sometimes use the word $5 because it shifts us all the way to this side first. But another thing that causes it to be useful is the moment that you shifted into this side and you are thinking along this extreme effortless way, you suddenly see that your palette of solutions is all the way from here to there. And your innovation approaches sometimes opens up the moment that you see it possible to do it like that and you have that in-between things. This brings up the idea of what we sometimes describe as the sweet spot because it is not always tenable to do a product at like the most lazy manner. There are some situations where maybe even in like healthcare where yes, there's a maximum solution and then there's of course the almost like DIY yourself at home folding a piece of paper thing to become a must type of solution. But there are $5 solutions in such contexts that are not exactly the most suitable unless you are really desperate. There is the sweet spot in every kind of challenge where, hey, this is the point where our resources, our effort, and the cost that will be incurred by others in receiving his benefits is optimized in relation to the total amount of benefits that it gives for a larger uh, reach and larger impact. And in fact, I'm, actually, I'm rather certain that it is not always the maximum solution that gets the best impact, right? It might be the solution that does less, not so good as the full, full on version, but 
because of its uh, ease of implementation and cost, goes all over the world. How do you use it like practically? What are the, some of the peripheral uh, considerations that I should have when I want to employ it? The difficulty with doing the $5 idea type of mindset to solve problems is that when you are trying to really look for the solution, it's difficult to find it by thinking this way. Our minds don't naturally gravitate to solving things by removal. It's not natural. We tend to usually add complicate. So in order for us to jolt ourselves into that framework of thinking, firstly, labeling it as a $5 idea moment to, hey, let's think about that that way. It's a first step. It's kind of like a good jolt to shift ourselves out. But in practical outworkings, what we found to be and believe to be like the best way to do this is to firstly propose a ridiculous solution that doesn't solve anything. So if we were to take the pedal bike to a balanced bike example, when one operates that $5 moment uh, to get ideas, it might be a good idea. And that's, this is what we do to get the team to just say, hey, what is one $5 change you can make to the bike? or the laziest thing you can do to it without thinking of how it solves the problem yet. So then you invite the team to consider possibilities that are like, let's take away the handle, let's take away the wheel, right? That's just almost like playing with the possibilities, but we don't know how it can solve the, the end goal. The moment that you take it away, and your mind is open towards that framework of thinking, now you can start to rationalize, all right, I'm going to take away the pedal. How does this solve my problem? And then sometimes it's not just directly that solving the problem, but it may need a few iterations. But that jolt is important to get you out of the usual addition way of thinking. And this is also why sometimes beyond a $5 mindset, we propose weird triggers to solutions first. Like we say, can you solve this with a piece of cake as a trigger? And then you try to use that to answer to the brief, which is helping the kid to learn or balance well on a bicycle. This is how I recommend doing it. It's how we do it because it's not usually intuitive to come up with solutions like that if you try to go by the normal logical pathway of solving things. So you're saying how do you employ this mindset is by intentionally applying ridiculous solutions to job the mind to think of different ways that are counterintuitive. They are not logical so that your mind can come up with solutions that people don't normally think of. Yeah, so on one hand, that's the case where you are trying to get solutions that are not commonly thought about. On the other hand, if you intentionally force the solution to be a reduction or a removal or a very cheap addition, then you are intentionally moving into the $5 space. There's two ways, right? One is uh, just, or rather there's, you're talking here a bit about a spectrum that's rather broad. You know, one is about just getting interesting ideas. The other is intentionally getting ideas that will end up in the $5 realm. But both are approached in the same manner, at least for me. I think my, my main takeaway is that after I've gone through my kind of very logical problem-solving way of approaching a problem, I tell myself to pause and employ a mindset of the $5 idea where I intentionally think about the problem in a way that is counterintuitive. So one that you mentioned was what's a $5 removal from the problem? And by doing that, uh, I come up with um, different solutions that are probably not logical, whether is it removing a handle or something very important, the idea. By employing a $5 remover, I am actually applying this mindset already. Thanks for joining us today on Stuck in Design. See you next week for more tips on design, creativity and business.